Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Song, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. How is everybody doing out there? My goodness, you look good, folks. I'm digging what you're wearing. It's sharp. Is that new? Daryl, what the hell are you talking about? You can't see me. And of course, I can't see you. But it's always nice to hear you look nice, don't you think? It's always nice to be told pleasant things. The psychology of how we work with one another, the how we, we engage, it's intentional. I'll give you an example. I, I do go home and I make a point of telling my wife she looks nice. Now, she and I have talked about this at length. I've told her over and over again, because you know, she'll point out to me if I, if I don't say something nice to her, you know, do you like my outfit? Do you see my hair? What do you think of my earrings? Whatever it might be. And, and I'll say to her, as I have over the years, honey, I, I tell you all the time that you look great. I think you're beautiful. I love you. You don't need to be validated every day, but it's something that she likes. And it's an easy thing for me to do. So I do it. It's the psychology of a relationship, right? It's the nuances that we utilize, that we invoke, that we have to be sensitive to. Now, I wasn't always good at this. I'll share. I'm going to go way back in the time machine, okay, folks? So do not judge me. As a wee lad, as a young man, as a wee child, I was a loner. I was that kid that no one talked to, nobody liked, they mocked, they made fun of. I had pretty much zero friends. I was wishing that I was in the cool kids club. I was desperate for validation and acceptance and camaraderie. I wanted to be the one who did the picking on, not the one who was picked on. And it was not a lot of fun. Now, in my case, it was a variety of reasons. I was fortunate, I can say in hindsight, to, to be academically gifted. And my fellow schoolmates perhaps didn't like that. I was a small kid. I'm a small kid now, but I was a small kid then. And, you know, that was one more reason to pick on me. When I was young, I had a stutter. I had speech therapy for eight years. You know why I had a stutter? I had a stutter because I, I was trying to get my mouth to keep up with my head, the thoughts in my head, and my mouth couldn't keep up. And so in the pursuit of trying to catch up to my thoughts, it tripped on itself. So I stuttered. All that was bad. That made for a really sad grade school experience. It got much better in high school. Let me tell you. In high school, I learned humor. And when I started really figuring out 15 years old, I went from being the smart kid to being the wise ass kid. And once I became the wise ass kid and I made people laugh, I was no longer the loner. I was in fact, Light. I was respected. Get this. True story. I was a professional chess player. As a professional chess player, you do not get all the attractive women wanting to date you. Let's just go with that. And they made fun of me 
when I was maybe 14 about being a professional chess player because they would announce it every week in the school. You know, there's a tournament last night and undefeated was Daryl. By, you know, time I was 15 and then again when I was 16, it went from being mocked on to being like, hey, Daryl is representing the school. He's bringing home the awards. Our school colors, our school mascot, our school name is doing well because of Daryl. So what did I learn out of this? I learned when you support, you know, the brand, the school, when you make people laugh, humor, when you use the psychology of these tools, you can make a connection with people. At the same time that I was a loner, what it gave me a chance to do was study all the cool kids and figure out why they were cool. What were they doing? I was, they were my guinea pigs. I studied them because I wanted to be them. As I became a young adult, I now had humor, I had respect, and I had people figured out pretty well, maybe better than the average bear. And of course, we all know as life goes on, I had a lot still to learn, but I was well positioned and I was able to utilize that psychology to my benefit. I was able to overcome the challenges that I had as an individual. I was able to overcome being a loner, overcome being picked on. I was able to make friends. I was able to get accolades. I was able to achieve success that had eluded me for so many years. And it was all because of the psychology. Sales is no different. Sales is about the psychology of how you approach the role. I want to talk about psychology today. So who do you bring on when you want to talk about psychology? You bring on the woman who knows everything there is to know about this whole area. She's got a brilliant accent because she's down in Melbourne, Australia. We're talking, you know, right now it's today, but for her it's tomorrow. That's the time difference. Let me bring on Bernadette McClellan. Bernadette, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. My goodness me. I think we could just spend a whole day talking about what you've just spoken about. <laughs> brilliant story. <laughs> oh. The best thing is, is I learned over time, my story was not unlike many other people's stories, right? That's good. Wasn't the loner that I thought I was, etc. Everybody else is going through the same hardship. And that's true. If you're in sales and you don't have that psychology down pat, you think it's just you. And I got news for you. A lot of your colleagues and sales peers are going through the exact same challenges. Is that a fair statement, Bernadette? Totally. And when you break it down, I mean, the word psychology simply means behavior. That's all it means. And Simon Sinek wrote that wonderful book around why, his model being why. And I believe that, I agree with that, but I think he's missing the inner circle, what I call the change maker circle. And that is the who. Like salespeople, they know what they've got to do. They know how to do it. They know why they've got to do it. But why don't they? And it comes back to who they see themselves as. I think that when I work with sales teams and you know, inside sales, field sales, it doesn't really matter. I'll ask the question, hey guys, throw at me some of the typical adjectives or the typical words that people out there would describe salespeople as. Con artist, sleazy, all of those negative words come to the front. And so I'll say to them, if that's what you think other people think about your role, that must be how you think about it. And if that's how you think about it, and you're going to do everything in your power to make sure the buyer doesn't think that way about you. And so you are going to wind back everything that you're supposed to do as a salesperson, the questions to ask, the pushback, all of that. And so 
you can be given all the sales training in the world, but if this whole meaning of your role doesn't have the right intention, we go back to your word before intentional, doesn't have the right intention behind it, then you're going to sabotage yourself at every turn. I'm curious, how many people listening to this episode right now are feeling a little uncomfortable because what Bernadette uh-huh. is saying is really hitting home for you. I, and I want to go both sides of this, Bernadette. I wonder how many people are not understanding this at all, can't relate to this at all, because there's a psychology aspect there too, I would think. So let's just kind of pare it right down. And where that all leads to is it's everybody has an innate need. As human beings, we are a social species. We need connection with other people. You know, you were talking about it in your story. It is all about connecting with other people. And we know that that is the antidote to a lot of issues is connection. It's it's the good thing to happen. We have this innate human need in us to want to be liked. We have this need to feel enough, not just in business, at home with our friends, in sport, at school, with the cool kids at school. And even the cool kids have this need to be enough, which is why they behave the way they behave. In a lot of instances, bullying behavior. So that's meeting that need to be like. If we look at each salesperson out there listening to this, what is their need to be like? What is the impact that that need to be like or that need to have approval from people? How is that impacting their results? How is that negatively impacting their cut through? And for those that do get it and that have got a handle on it, how is that positively impacting their relationships? Wow. Okay, so where do we start with this? There's so many places we can go. So, okay, um, folks, if you ever have any doubt that these are unscripted, these are unscripted because we're sitting going, where do we? There's so many places to go. Okay, so let's go with this. this, this, this. So, if I can just cut in there. Sorry to, sorry to cut in there. This is what's not addressed. And it's, it's when this is addressed, which is that inner circle, that, that who, it's when this awareness is brought to the front. And it's not just with salespeople. It's not just with people on the phones. It's, it's with leaders as well. And you're saying there, well, this will be making a few people uncomfortable. The level of awareness, if you want your business to grow, you need to address the underlying challenges that your people are having. And it's not sales training, even though I'm a sales trainer as well, it's not sales training. And when you've got leadership that don't know what they don't wanna know, you then go into a whole different, another conversation where I do not wanna be exposed to what I don't know. Therefore, in a lot of instances, development or growth from the people perspective is put on the back burner. Man, so management, Some people don't want to go to where they don't know, so they're just not going to learn anything new because that's scary to them. So development doesn't happen of the people or the company. That's bad. I get it. You're seeing how that need to be like, that fear of rejection, the the desire to have approval, the ability to avoid what's uncomfortable affects your decisions. And that also affects how you as salespeople approach your job. We're going to go to commercial shortly, but I want to set the stage here. You may be listening saying, I I don't have that problem. I'm fine not being liked. That's cool. If you're there, that's great. You got to be cognizant though that some of your colleagues aren't there and you work 
together. And if you're hearing this and you're going, oh my God, secretly somebody's finally saying what I've been feeling. Like, I don't want to admit it. I feel like there's a bro culture going on and I can't admit that to my, my bros, but that's how I'm feeling. I do want to be liked. I don't like rejection. It's killing me. Well, don't worry. We're going to talk about that. When we come back after this commercial. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, we're back, guys. I want you to know I uh, I wiped my eyes while we were gone. I was I was weeping, I was I was crying. I hashed up old memories there, it's my school journey. I I just really want you to like me. Now, with that said, that fear, that psychology, that's maybe it might be like me where it's based in your childhood. It doesn't matter where it came from or what happened. You're here. You're here now. You want to be liked. You want approval from others. And you need to understand how that's affecting you because it manifests itself in behaviors. Let's start with that. Let's talk about how does this behavior affect my ability to plan? Can I plan my day? Can I be optimal? Or does this behavior, in fact, maybe cause me to do the opposite, which is procrastinate? Talk to me a bit about that. Planning is great. Salespeople are great at planning. They're great at strategizing. They're great at filling their diary. They're, they're great at planning. The catch is that planning is safe, especially if you have to pick up the phone and you've got your numbers, that you've got your, your calls you've got to make. Too much planning can be a procrastination strategy. If we look at what's really stopping the activity from happening, it can be a couple of things. It can be fear, but it can also be a lack of clarity. And now our mutual colleague and friend, Andrea Walsh, talks about go for no. I use this strategy with my clients. I'm working with a 19-year-old SDR in London at the moment. First job, he knows no different. So I've given him um, a task. So he has, you know, um, he's currently having 15 conversations a day. And I've said, look, let's stretch it, see if we can go 25. Then we've kind of come in and we've said 20. I told him that I wanted him to get 20 no's in a row. And the minute he got a yes, it didn't count. He had to start again. He's blitzing it. He is heading the sales team. He is just in this, he's gamified it. And he is just in this whole doing phase. He's kind of spun it round in his head and turned it into a bit of a game. However, we will see how long that mindset lasts because it's human nature also to go from variety or this whole challenge, but eventually our brain will pull us back into the comfort, that whole safe space, that um, predictability, a place of certainty where we can control our own environment. If you've got 
calls to make and you've got numbers to make, that can sometimes feel like I have no control over this. I don't want to do it and, and will impact your results. There's this whole fight going on in your head between this state of wanting to stay safe and predictable and control things and having to step out and put your head above the parapet. And that's a biological thing too. I mean, you're talking about hormones and, and chemicals and, you know, you've got cortisol on this side and, and you've got dopamine on that side. So that's a biological thing. But when it comes back to the everyday stuff, planning, pretty cool, but procrastination is a huge thing. People don't like being rejected. You know, I don't like being rejected. Please don't reject me. I get it enough at home. You mentioned Andrea Waltz and Go For No. We literally, very last, most recent episode was with Andrea Waltz. So folks, if you're listening and you missed that episode, first, shame on you. I can't believe you missed an episode of me. What were you thinking? To go back and listen to that episode. If you are a loyal listener and you actually heard that episode, go listen to it again. And by the way, did you go buy her book? Go for no. I told you guys to go buy her book. Amazon's your friend. Five stars, rave reviews, and that's all about embracing rejection. So that's awesome. And why do we procrastinate? Because we fear rejection. That's often what it is, right? Why do we fear rejection? Well, there's psychology. This is really going in circles here. Now you see why we have Andrea Waltz and then Bernadette McClellan on. What about, so fears are manifested lots of ways. The psychology results in fears, if you will. We talked about procrastination, so fear of getting started, for lack of a better word. What about fear of actually using certain channels. So what do I mean by that? Some people love the phone. Some people love social. Some people love email. But very few people love all three. That's just the way it is. If I were to stereotype, and that's a complete and utter stereotype, the young reps would avoid the phone and the more established, seasoned, mature reps would avoid social media. What's the psychology behind us avoiding channels. I'm wondering, is it what you just alluded to a few minutes ago that I want to avoid it because I don't know it and, it's, and I'm uncomfortable? Look, uh, yes, um, it is that as well. And, um, you know, I think you also in your, in your intro story, you know, we talk about validation and we also talk about comparisons and the whole judgment thing and perfectionism comes in and it's like, you know, oh man, if I, if I put something out on social, oh, what if it's wrong? What if my views are, are not as good as someone else's? The thing is, there is no right or wrong for anything. It is only someone's perspective of something. You know, this podcast that we're putting out today, there are going to be people, I'm really sorry to tell you this, Daryl, there are going to be people that are going to say, nah, and there's going to be people that love it. What does that mean? There's no right, there's no wrong. And I think that when you realise that when you start to compare yourself with other people, comparison is the thief of joy. Now we are having a joyful conversation here today with zero thoughts around worrying about what other people are thinking because we're intentional and we know that the right people are going to listen or read our stuff. And so what I see when with social, with the different channels, you know, especially now with LinkedIn, with podcasts, with all the content that's out there at the moment and the videos, everything. Like, it's just changing so much as to how we can create cuts through out there. It's just do it. It's press publish. It's, it's just lose that whole perfectionism thing because, once again, that's coming back to the fact that you are wanting to control something. If you can lose that kind of need to control stuff as well. My scheduler went rogue on me today and it's just posted a whole heap of stuff 
Now, there would have been a time where I would have just been in a corner rocking, thinking, oh, my God, there's so much stuff that's just been posted today. It's just happened. So I would say if you enjoy writing, videoing, blogging, whatever it is from a content perspective, and you are in the boomer state, you're not a millennial or a Z or whatever it is, and you want to do it, do it. You know, and then it comes back to the, the younger generation as well. Like, I mean, what is this? It's a bit of plastic. It's, you know, some chips. It's, it's a bit of glass. <laughs> What's so frightening about it? And for those listening, Bernadette Stewart is holding up her phone, and she's and she's right. What's so frightening about her, right? So now, what's interesting here is two things. One of the number one things I hear from people when I ask them, why don't you engage more on social media, is I don't want the drama. You know, what if I say something, and they respond back, and they yell at me, or they, or they judge me, or they chastise me publicly, the public humiliation, if you will. And even worse, I think what they're not saying, what they're thinking is, and what if they're right? What if I say, this is how you do something, and they say, no, that's wrong. This is how you do something, you moron. So people are afraid of being embarrassed. They're afraid of being proven wrong. It is a mindset. It is a mindset. Now, my response to that is, and you alluded to it a little bit, Bernadette, you talk about being intentional. If you can be intentional, all that goes away. So let me give you an example. I opened up here by saying I was a loner as a kid. I might as well have said, I was a big loser. I opened up with that. I opened up with that story. Now I don't share that story often, but it was contextual, and I did it because I was intentionally trying to show you I get it. I genuinely get it. And if you're going to judge me for that, and you're going to cast me aside or think less of me, then I choose. I intentionally choose to say I don't care. I don't want you in my life. Because of who I want are the people who will connect with me. That's the really big thing about being intentional. I'll tell you one more thing. When you do that, when you are intentionally saying, I'm going to let myself be a little vulnerable, be a little transparent, and I might risk getting hurt, it actually makes life so much easier. All those bags you're carrying around, that fear is gone. So in that example where I said, I don't want to do social media because... Someone might yell at me. They might tell me the way, a better way. They might embarrass me. It's only an embarrassment if you make it an embarrassment. If they were to say, actually, you're wrong, and this is the way to do it instead, you could turn around and say, oh, my gosh, that's brilliant. I never thought of that. I'm going to try it right now. I'm going to A-B test it. Hey, everybody, let's do it. And we'll circle back, and we'll compare notes. And all of a sudden, you've taken a, what could have been a negative, and you turn it into a positive. I think the best bit of advice you gave us right there, Bernadette, was just about be intentional. Let's just say that put something out, and, and it's happened to me. And and there, I mean, I'm a human being, and it's kind of like, oh, jeez, or whatever word you want to use in that, you know, space. And it's like, all I did was I went back and I said thank you. That's it. Thank you. It's feedback, and it's coming from someone's perspective of what you've written, and you don't need to justify any because that's your voice, and everybody has their own voice this is what platforms you know like social have given us the opportunity to use our voice and yes just like when we're learning to walk we're going to kind of stand up and need to hang on to things we're going to fall down we're going to but we're going to keep getting back up and getting stronger and stronger and stronger till we're running marathons while some people are it's like the same with your voice you'll start off really kind of wobbly and you keep doing it and you will get stronger and stronger and stronger and you will you will be intentional with whatever it is you put out you will have faith 
it that what you're putting out is exactly what people need to hear at that particular point in time. Just say thank you and, and just keep going. I'll close this off with kind of conversation Andrea said in the last episode because it applies here. Because we're talking about psychology and how it affects you, rejection being one. And one thing she mentioned was the, the go for no. And if you missed that episode, in a nutshell, what it's this. Instead of making a phone call or an email or a social touch, going for a yes, let's talk more. She's saying go for no. You're actually intentionally looking for 5, 10, 15, 20 no's today. You're not going for yes. You're going for a no. And every no you get, you go, yes, I got another no. Yes. Next call. I want to get my number. And she changed the psychology of how you approach that. And all of a sudden, life got a lot easier. All right. What I want to do here is do a couple of things. I want to say, listen, Bernadette has got an amazing attitude. I've seen her speak many times. She's got energy of the wazoo. She's really smart. She's really personal. She's got a killer story she shared at a recent Revit Up uh, Women in Sales conference that I'm not going to tell you. But it's about how they got some hardship in their midlife. They weren't as financially secure as they thought they were going to be and how they bounced back from that. Ask her about it. I'm just teasing you. Ask her about it. This woman leads from the heart. She is brilliant. You can check out her website. It's three red folders. The number three, red, R-E-D, folders.com. But best of all, no, you can go there. You can follow her. But what you should do instead is go to the Outbound Conference, outboundconference.com, where Bernadette is one of the 18 kick-ass speakers who's going to be speaking there. She's coming all the way in from Australia to speak there to speak to you. You need to go to this conference, and you need to see her. Bernadette, are you pumped about this conference? Oh, my goodness, like you would not believe. So, Seriously, it's lovely. It's good. It's cool. It's, it's the place to be. So I, I love hearing this from everybody. One reason why somebody takes time out of their daily schedule, invest a few dollars and go to this conference. One reason. Because you are going to take away tactics. You're going to take away ideas. There's no selling from the stage. It's around productivity, pipeline and prospect. And so all those three things are critical for a salesperson's growth. And it's just got some really cool people there too. It does have the cool people. All right. That is Bernadette McClellan. Follow her on LinkedIn. Follow her on Twitter. Check out her website. Or better yet, just go to the Outbound Conference. Bernadette, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad you're here. But in the meantime, folks, we're out of time. We got to go. But we'll be back in another week. In the meantime, I'm Daryl. And this is Inside Inside Sales. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. Sponsored by VanillaSoft.